I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with former healthcare CISO Summit Sigel, who is Strategic Product Director for security vendor Armis about latest trends involving cyber insurance in the healthcare sector. So what sorts of emerging trends are you seeing involving cyber insurance in the healthcare sector? I think that there's a couple of macro trends that are occurring, right? Cyber insurance has been around in the healthcare sector, probably going back to, say, the early 2000s at this point. I see three macro trends that are occurring. One is the due diligence that the cyber insurance players are putting in into their organizations that are using their insurance is increasing with regard to how they inspect and validate the information security best practices are actually in place, number one. Number two, over the last year or so, there's been a shift in the policy underwriting where the coverage that is given to a ransomware-based incident or a ransomware-based scenario is getting changed in how they underwrite the policy in the sense of they are recovering less and less of the ransom payment being issued. And obviously, as a result of that, there's changes or increases in premiums that are occurring, whether that's on the deductible side or on the raw premium that a healthcare organization has to cover. So that's the second one. The third and the final trend that I've seen is the freedom with which the insurance companies are letting organizations pick and choose what service provider they can leverage in terms of an incident response scenario perspective and not really have to go by with what the insurance company is saying. So they're getting more choice in and control with who they can pick if they want to choose which company do we bring in to respond to an incident. So with that said, because patient safety is such a concern for healthcare sector entities, such as situations where hospitals that are hit with ransomware need sometimes to divert emergency care or postpone medical procedures for patients. Mm-hmm. Are some of the special considerations that healthcare sector entities need to make when it comes to their cyber insurance coverage? Maybe not in such a specific way. I don't believe that the insurance companies are saying are saying clinical safety today in their coverage mechanism, they are focusing on that in a, in a roundabout manner in the sense of they are forcing the healthcare organizations that are taking those policies to assure that as part of the, the information security risk management process, there is appropriate due diligence given to continuity of operations. That includes everything from what you just mentioned, such as understanding the critical care processes to how you do payroll in in terms of an incident when you have system loss, right? Or if you have a massive swath of employees not being able to connect on site to do their work as well. So it's continuity of operations in general, which encompasses clinical care. So what roles should the healthcare CISO and the CISO's team play in cyber insurance-related discussions and decisions? Are they generally brought in when these policies are chosen, or do they, you know, kind of get dragged into things if there's an incident and then, you know, the insurer needs to cover something? It's interesting because I'm not sure if there's a one baseline metric that's followed across the, uh, across the nation, 
here's what I've seen so far. Most healthcare organizations are self-insured, right? And of those, there's a number of them that have gone through an existing type of security incident. Doesn't have to be ransomware. For those that have gone through an incident, in those cases, the CISOs are very much involved on the onset of what type of policy we should pick, which are the organizations that provide those services. You know, five years ago, there were only two or three of them that did that. Now there are many, many more choices in the marketplace. So healthcare organizations can shop around. For the vast majority of them, enterprise risk, which is a function of compliance and legal departments in most healthcare organizations or health systems, are tasked to fulfill the need for making sure that they've done the due diligence of whether a cyber insurance policy is useful for them as a part of their self-insurance framework and as part of the enterprise risk program. So ideally, yes, the CISO should be involved as part of the enterprise risk strategy for an organization. And what I'm seeing now is there's a secondary aspect of what you mentioned before, where the clinical safety part of it is being brought in, especially post the medical device security conversation to say, hey, are we properly aligning information security, traditional information security with the new generation of connected devices? And as a result, affecting clinical safety and how does the clinical safety work together with enterprise risk? And do we have appropriate uh, what I would call coverage from our service provider or whichever company is selling us that insurance capability, right? So it's helpful to have the CISO, not only the CISO, but I would say the, the people together with the CISO that are running business continuity for the health system to have a joint conversation because in some cases, the purpose of the insurance policy needs to be identified, right? It's not only for transferring of risks. In some cases, it's also for the secondary benefits. For example, how do you cover incident response from a PR perspective? Or how do you cover incident response from a call center perspective or sending out the letters to whoever was affected, stuff like that. So I see that would be the avenues by which the CISOs should be involved. And I think CISOs should not be the only ones involved. They should, like I said, have continuity operations people as well as the clinical risk and enterprise risk people together making the decision. What about cyber insurers vetting healthcare sector clients these days? What are they looking for when they sort of assess a healthcare sector, a new client? Are they looking for the healthcare sector client to be doing certain things that they were going to require? Yes. What's involved? A lot of times, yeah. So you see a initial start out of that process with self-attestation where they ask the health system or organization to essentially provide uh, specifics of how the information security strategy is implemented and operationalized as well. There are obviously incentives for leveraging frameworks, especially if the organization is leveraging a framework like NIST or HITRUST, where the insurance company has a better framework of gauging maturity of that health system. But I, I would say at this point, it starts out with self-attestation and then it, it goes through an assessment process where we have the healthcare organization has to provide a certain demonstration of operational maturity, whether it's reporting, whether it's information about how they would respond to an incident, uh, maturity of their security operations process. Those are some of the, uh, what I would call the evidence that is required to be submitted 
to manage the underwriting process from an insurer perspective. When it comes to ransomware attacks on healthcare sector entities, how much influence do the cyber insurers have when it comes to decisions about whether a healthcare entity should pay a ransom to hackers in the wake of, of an attack in hopes of perhaps getting back to business sooner? I would say how much influence does a cyber insurer have to whether or not the health, health organization pays a ransom? That is not their purpose, so to speak, right? They, they're there to provide coverage with, with whatever's been written in their policy saying that in terms of ransomware incident, this is what the scope of our coverage is going to be. So the cyber insurer obviously can help in cases of an incident like that to mitigate some of the response costs that can come into play and the response posture. Like I said before, like it takes a lot of resources to spin up a massive incident like that, where especially if, you, if you're on diversion and if the organization is globally impacted. So I would say the impact of cyber insurance is not so much to transfer the risk of a ransomware incident and to absolve a company off that. It's mostly to understand that what is my cost going to be given the coverage that I have today and the scope of the policy that I have, the time frame that it covers me on. But it's more on the, the situation of when I do have to respond to a case like that, what is the value adds that the insurance provider can bring to me that I can leverage to make the response quicker and make the recovery quicker? And are there any new trends that you see emerging with cyber insurance in the healthcare sector? Anything that the healthcare sector needs to be paying attention to in terms of how these policies work or new things that the insurers are expecting? I think the policy, the the framework for how the policies are designed is going to change, especially given the situation and the frequency of what I would call high impact ransom incidents that have occurred in the last 18 months or so we've seen some of that occurs. Normally, these policies are between sometimes on the low end, one year on the high end, two, three years in length. So as we come up to organizations that are coming up on renewal, they're going to see an uplift of either premiums or deductibles that they have to pay. And they can definitely expect a change in coverage with regard to what the insurance company will pay out as a reimbursement for potential ransom paid in terms of this incident, if any. Some of these insurance carriers that I've seen are actually getting out of that business to say, hey, we will cover normal incidents, but if you have a ransomware event, we do not reimburse ransom paid to actors in that way. And then that's how they're writing their policies at this point. So so some of that shift, I expect that to happen as well. And it'll be interesting to see, depending upon who are the underwriters of the insurance policies, and their target audience and stuff with regard to how that takes it, takes into account the, the revenue targets that they have to meet with the policy renewals and stuff like that, obviously. So. And so finally, compared to when you were a CISO at Boston Medical Center, how do you think the job is changing for healthcare CISOs most these days overall? What sort of advice would you give healthcare CISOs today? I think it's becoming much more of a business risk function as opposed to a technical risk function that used to be back in the day. One of the advice I'm going to provide to anybody who's either coming into the field as a CISO or in the field right now is to focus their efforts on taking what they've done from a security risk management perspective and the evolution of the processes there and the maturity of the process there, and then apply that to building constructs that allow them to better manage continuity of operations and 
put information security operations as part of that process? Because right now, what I see when I talk to customers and in my time in McAfee as well, is we have done a good job of improving how we do enterprise risk. There is a little bit of a misalignment with where enterprise risk connects with clinical risk. And that confluence is occurring right now with what what we see in the connected medical device space with the use of cloud-enabled IoT and the use of integrated cloud-based applications that are used for clin- as clinical decision support to provide care. I think the landscape of how we do security is changing. And a lot of it is now predicated upon having a good lens. I would call it almost a near real-time lens of what the risk posture looks like. So that's the way that they'll have to adjust their approach in addition to keeping up to date with the, with the frameworks that exist in the market today. Thanks, Summit. I've been speaking to Summit Sigel. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group.